Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back. It's official. We've got the 53. We've got a bunch of the practice squad. There was a game on Sunday, the last preseason game. Real football starts next Thursday. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good time of the year. Get excited for the season. So, I think starting off, I just kind of want to dive in. I didn't have a, a chance to watch the entire game on Sunday. I got a chance to watch most of it, but I was out camping. I think I mentioned that. So, the first quarter or so, my service was kind of spotty as I was coming into town for the mountain. And there was some interesting stuff going on. We saw Jimmy G and Trey Lance basically trading off reps. And in general, just quick couple things, kind of thoughts about the game. One second. All right, and we are back. Sorry about that. Sometimes when I start recording, my cat decides she wants to run on her treadmill, and it just becomes an annoying background noise. So... I don't really want to review the entire game just because we have more exciting and more current, more interesting things happening. And there wasn't a whole lot that happened in this game. I would say after the first half that was particularly interesting or where we learned a whole lot. A few things that really stood out. First off is our defensive line is ridiculous. Whether it's starters, first strings, second strings, third string guys we are deep crazy talented and we're gonna get to the roster but there's a reason why they kept 11 defensive linemen on this team and it's because we've got 11 or 12 straight up studs who are going to harass the heck out of opposing quarterbacks so <clears throat> General thoughts regarding the two-quarterback system, because I think that's the main thing that we really got from this game. It was very interesting to see them taking turns. So, again, I didn't have a chance to watch that closely the first quarter, but it seemed like it was Jimmy came in for a snap or two, then Trey came in for a snap or two, then Jimmy came in for a snap or two, then Trey came in. And they kind of rotated like that for the first, I think it was like two series that they did it. And it was two scoring series that they did it. So it definitely seemed to be effective. It's an interesting idea in the sense of you're not necessarily giving Jimmy a series and Trey a series, but you're actually rotating them play in, play out. Kind of like how you would with receivers or running backs. You know, one guy gets tired, the other guy comes in. And I think there's some advantages, some disadvantages. I think the reason why they're doing it is Shanahan is trying to kind of thread this needle where we are in win-now mode. We have a very, very, very talented team, a Super Bowl roster. We also have a lot of guys on one-year contracts. And on the other side, you really want to focus on developing Trey Lance because he is the future. Put a lot of draft capital in. The kid is insanely talented, but he really does need to work on some things. So this seems to be Shanahan's way of kind of playing both sides, having your cake and eating it too. But at the same time, 
it's interesting because the way that he's doing it, he's leveraging each of these quarterback strengths. So here's what I mean by that. If you've paid a bit of attention to what happened during training camp. So Trey was quote unquote, the better practicer. And, but when it came to things like situational drills, two minute drills, move the ball drills, those were things that Jimmy was better at. Now, when it came to things like big plays, explosive plays, shot plays, um, creating running lanes and red zone, that was where Trey Lance really stood out. Trey Lance was better in the red zone. At least, again, this is just a little bit of context from what we got out of training camp and the practices that the media had a chance to see and report on. Trey was a little bit better in the red zone. Jimmy was better at moving the ball, like two-minute drills, commanding the offense, kind of like, you know, marching down the field, so to speak. So... What Shanahan, it seems like he's doing, and he mentioned this before, is it depends on what the defense is giving. It depends on the matchups. It depends on what the fronts are. So what Shanahan is doing is by rotating the quarterbacks in and out throughout a series, not like, hey, Jimmy plays a series, then Trey comes in for the next one, but throughout the series, is it messes with the defense because the defense doesn't know how to prepare. They don't know what they're going to be facing because Trey has a different skill set and he opens up the playbook. So Jimmy is good at short, intermediate passing. Trey is a run threat. Trey can run zone reads, read options. Jimmy can't do that. Jimmy is good in the quick game. Trey Lance is good in the deep passing game. So because they have different skill sets... Shanahan is going to use that to maximize the offense and by forcing the defensive personnel to rotate out and try and make on-field adjustments mid-series, it gives Shanahan a competitive advantage. So one thing that was happening during the game is that the Raiders didn't know what to do and they were subbing out Trey for Jimmy and vice versa. You know, they because whenever one of the rules in the NFL is that whenever an offensive substitution comes in, the defense needs to be given time to respond with their own substitution. So when Trey runs in and Jimmy runs out, the defense is like, oh my gosh, now we've got a different player on the field, but it's not like a different running back, it's a different quarterback. And now this quarterback offers different things. So what are we going to do? This is entirely different from what we were just doing. Because we know Jimmy is a little limited, and we know what he's good at. Again, short, intermediate passing, quick game. That's what he's good at. When Trey comes in and he provides something entirely different, it just it causes enough of that confusion in the defense that can open up plays. Another thing that was quite fun to see was the massive running lanes that happened when Trey Lance was doing read options because the defensive end on a read option or zone read, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes I get them mixed up when the defensive end is trying to decide whether or not to crash down on the running back or crash on the quarterback who keeps it. 
Trey being a legit running threat leaves a gap open. If he holds that defensive end, that defensive end is saying, hey, we're going to contain that quarterback, that leaves a, a gap between, you know, a gap there between the defensive tackle and the defensive end. Now, some of the guys that we have on the team, like Raheem Mostert, he was gashing them for 10, 15 yards a run just because the the size of the hole that that created, created massive running lanes. So I think that's one thing they're definitely going to try and do is if they can get some zone read plays in there. And what we don't want to see is Trey only doing like run plays because he needs to pass. But when he did that, it was creating these massive running lanes for the running backs. And if they do decide to go after the running back, we know that Trey is fast enough that he can pick up 5, 10, 20 yards on a quick run. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do that. Um, and again, this is Shanahan's way of trying to get Trey reps, get him in the game, but also have a dangerous offense. And if he can leverage this for certain situations, he can get Trey into the game. And I don't know how much it's going to be. You figure in any given game, there's approximately 50 to 60 offensive plays, 50 to 60 defensive plays, you know, give or take. So if we can get Trey in there on five or 10 or 15 reps a game, if he can create a couple big rushes or if he can create one or two explosive plays with his arm, like, you know, a 30, 40 yard bomb that flips it from, you know, hey, you're at your own 30. Now you're over in their 40. You know, you've just cut the field in half in a sense. Or you go up against a defensive front where you realize his own read will work and you're put him in there for a couple plays and then that creates rushing lanes where you can gash Raheem Mostert up the middle two or three times for eight, ten yards a pop. I think it's a very interesting and unique way that Shanahan is going to be, you know, again, threading that needle of getting Trey reps, but also not exposing him too much because there was definitely some things that Trey needs to work on. And the things that Trey needs to work on are the same things that we've seen through the first couple games, first couple preseason games. He needs to work on touch. So not rocketing every single pass in there. You don't need every throw to be a fastball. You don't need to throw every ball 100 miles an hour. He needs to work on some touch. He needs to work on his post-snap vision. So once the defense... Once you hike the ball in the NFL, it it's not like they show you cover one and then they just give you cover one. Like they're going to show you something and then as soon as you hike the ball, it's going to look entirely different. So he needs to work on assessing those real quick and also being confident. One thing that I have noticed and that's been brought up a couple times on some different podcasts and whatnot is that Trey's issues... It seems like what happens, and when Trey has those bad passes, those Trey has the arm talent to be accurate. What seems to happen is that 
when Trey doesn't feel confident in what he's seeing and he hesitates a split second, he tends to try and make up for that. So he'll like pat the ball one extra time or hesitate on a read instead of being confident. And when he like hesitates and then he tries to do it, he ends up trying to give it a little bit extra and force it in. And then that leads to his issues with his mechanics. And then that seems to be why he has the inaccurate passes. When he's throwing in rhythm, when he's confident in his read, when he's throwing on the run, he's been pretty accurate. It seems like the times when he has been the most inaccurate is a lot of over the middle stuff when he hesitates for a split second before he passes it. So you're kind of like, I don't know. Oh, yeah, get it in there. And that little bit of hesitation, because he's not confident in his throwing motion, he has to like stop himself and then do it again. That overcompensation seems to lead to the breakdown in his mechanics that, le that lends to those passes sailing high. It also seems that um, that's the reason why he's throwing it so hard over the middle is he's like, oh, I missed it. Oh, wait, I can still get it in there. And then he tries to force it in. And again, you're overcompensating. You're trying to throw it too hard, too fast because you're off timing and off rhythm. So Trey just needs to work on his rhythm and not overcompensating on his passes, giving it a little bit more touch. If he, when he gets more confident in his reads, I think that's going to help out a lot with his accuracy. And it is also interesting because Trey is in some ways extremely accurate, but he also has a very high percentage of uncatchable, just like highly inaccurate passes. And what I mean by that is that Trey has the arm talent and the ability to put it on a guy at pretty much any level of the field. But he also, and I think this just comes back to, again, the amount of reps that he's taken. I think what that means is that he's he has the ability to get it there, but he's not quite consistent because his mechanics break down when he's not confident in what he's seeing or he has to second guess himself for a quick split second. So... Yeah, those are some things he's going to work on. It's the same things that we've seen before, and it's not a big deal. It's just something that's going to need to come from reps. I think the best thing that can happen, and I do like what Shanahan is doing. My main concern is I just don't want Shanahan to make him be like a zone read only kind of guy. And it's going to be interesting to see how many reps he gives Trey. I'm trying to think of what a good number would be of passing attempts for the season. I think if Trey attempts a hundred passes this season, that would be a great thing. First off, this is a run heavy offense. So probably not going to have a whole lot of passing attempts per game on average. Anyways, kind of like Jimmy doesn't have a whole lot of passing attempts on average. Anyways, be a figure a hundred passes over 17 games, I don't know exactly what that breaks down to, but 10 passes a game over 10 games, that'd be 100. So it could be less than that. It could be that he maybe only attempts seven or eight passes a game, 
But I think seven or eight passes a game would be a really good way for him to get some experience in the NFL. Because it seems like all all intentions and like they're going to keep Jimmy around and Jimmy is going to be here for the year. So they're, yeah, they want to keep Jimmy around. They believe in Jimmy. They know that Jimmy's taken them to a Super Bowl. But we've also seen Jimmy's ceiling. But Jimmy is good enough. And with how good this defense is and with Shanahan scheming people open, how good the run game is going to be, the explosive playmakers that we have on this team, I think that this team can legitimately make a deep shot in the playoffs, even with Jimmy Garoppolo. But you got to get Trey reps because the worst thing for Trey would be basically just sitting for two years. And if Trey doesn't play this year, then that's going to be essentially sitting for two whole years. Uh, Trey needs to get some snaps. He needs to learn how to diagnose defenses. He needs to learn to play under pressure. He needs to get used to the speed of the NFL. He needs to understand the nuances and the chemistry with his receiver. He needs to become confident in his reads. And he needs to continue to focus on his fundamentals in terms of his passing mechanics and all that kind of stuff. Trey has a lot of things he needs to work on. But if they're going to keep Jimmy around, this seems like the best way to do both. To have a good team and at the same time leverage his abilities in the running game to amplify the runs that we get and also to get him some reps in there where he has a chance to take make a couple passes a game. You know, again, maybe I, I think that like second and short fourth down and short and red zone is probably going to be the main places where they have him in second and short. It opens up pretty much any play in the playbook, whether you're looking at doing a zone read, uh, a run pass option, whether you're looking at play action. So if you want to take a play action shot, you know, say that you're at second and three, what are you going to do? You can do a zone read. You can do a play action. It opens up the entire playbook in situations like that. And it gives you a chance to get some explosive plays based off of Trey. And Shanahan can scheme open explosive plays. Uh, In the red zone, Trey, because you're playing 11 on 11 with Trey in the red zone, and we did see this in the game, he ran it in for a touchdown. He was basically untouched. So I think in the red zone and certain situations is again they're wanting gonna be when they're going to want to use Trey. I just wonder, and here's the other thing is um, Jimmy had a good game, and Jimmy's got a fire under him now. I mean, just the fact that we saw Jimmy scramble a week ago, and then in this game he scrambled for a touchdown, and Jimmy played well. He played well. He didn't play insanely amazing. But Jimmy played well for Jimmy. And Jimmy, I think Jimmy right now, Jimmy is better at Trey in the sense that Trey right now is extremely dangerous and extremely volatile to offense and defense. Trey has almost thrown like five interceptions throughout the preseason. Now, he only threw one, but he is almost through like four or five interceptions, and they were dropped by the defense. 
So that right there could definitely lose you a game. If you got your rookie out there, his mechanics break down, he throws it high over the middle and throws a quick pick, that could lose you a game. I know Jimmy throws dumb interceptions, but Jimmy's... I don't think that Jimmy is quite that volatile. Jimmy is pretty steady. He's going to be... He's going to be a little bit more steady. It's kind of like... If you play Madden, so one thing that I thought was interesting and that Madden kind of nailed this year was if you go into their franchise, Trey Lance is like a 72 or a 73 overall as a rookie when you start the season. Jimmy is like a 76 or like a 78. So Jimmy's a little bit better than Trey, but Trey's got this special development trait and he's got and a, a huge arm and a huge athleticism. So right now, Jimmy is a little bit better than Trey, and he's a little bit more consistent. Jimmy's got a higher floor, right? But as Trey develops, I think by the end of the season, if Shanahan plays this right, Trey could be significantly better than Jimmy by the end of the season. But he needs reps. He needs to get eased in. Uh, he also had a minor injury in the game. Um, nothing serious at all, I guess. When he was making a throw, his hand hit a helmet, and he's got a microfracture chip in his finger. Uh, nothing serious. They said he was going to be out a week. He was actually at practice today. They only practiced two days this week, today, Wednesday, and then tomorrow, Thursday. Um, and he was out there. He wasn't throwing. Um, but he was, he was like going through the motions, you know, they get out there, they snap him the ball, he'd catch the ball, set it on the ground and then do a fake pass. Um, so, you know, he's out there practicing. It's nothing serious. Um, so yeah, those are the main things. It's going to be really interesting to see what they do with this QB system, how, how much they decide to play Trey, when they're going to use him, how they're going to use him. I really have no idea, but it really seems like they want to use Jimmy and Trey and they're willing to swap them in and out based off of what the defense is giving them. And yeah, they're, they're not afraid to maximize both of the players skills and abilities. So it's very interesting. Shanahan is a Shanahan is a unique kind of offensive genius. And if anyone can somehow figure out a way to do this, it's definitely him. So uh, let's get into the roster since we're 20 minutes in and I said this was going to be short. <laughs> Never is. I think about this stuff too much and then I try and figure out how to put it all inside a short podcast and end up rambling. So uh, offense and defense. We're just going to go real quick over the roster and then I'll just do some initial thoughts. Uh, quarterbacks, we kept two. We kept Jimmy and Trey. We released Nate Sudfeld. Uh, makes sense. The team is too good to keep three quarterbacks. Nate Sudfeld did have some guaranteed money, but the amount of guaranteed money that he had was the exact same amount as keeping him on the practice squad. And I believe that when you have someone on the practice squad, uh, they like deduct that guaranteed money or like it, it, uh, it doesn't hurt the cap. I guess that makes sense. Like you're not losing that amount if they're on the practice squad because that's the amount that they're making. So anyways, uh, Sudfeld did end up signing with the practice squad. So there we go. Running backs. So we ended up keeping 
four running backs plus Kyle Juszczyk. For some reason, Juszczyk counts as a running back, even though he's a fullback. So, Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback. <clears throat> we uh, ended up cutting Hokit. He's now on the practice squad. We also kept, obviously, Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, and Elijah Mitchell, and Jamichael Hasty. <clears throat> now, a little bit of a surprise to me was that we ended up keeping Hasty over Wayne Gallman. I think Wayne Gallman, I think Wayne Gallman is all around a solid running back, and I was kind of surprised that he got cut because Wayne Gallman, he wasn't special, but he was, he always got what was blocked for him. He was consistent, and he was a good pass blocker. Jamichael Hasty, I think, is a little more boomer bust, but he showed enough that they were like, hey, we're going to go with Jamichael Hasty. I've consistently said that I think Wayne Gallman is more steady, but Jamichael Hasty is a lot more fun to watch, a lot more high energy. And you know what? I'm going to trust Shanahan. If Shanahan thinks that Hasty is better than Gallman, then so be it. We also got to keep in mind that uh, Jeff Wilson Jr., who is on the pup, will be eligible to return after six weeks. So we might potentially have some reinforcements coming after six weeks into the season. Uh, tight ends. So the main thing that was interesting about tight ends was they only kept three. Kittle, obviously. Dwelly, who has looked better than last year. Dwelly looks good. And Charlie Warner. And Charlie Warner has been impressive. I think Charlie Warner has been major strides uh, over last year. He consistently was looking good in the blocking game and in the passing game as a receiver. And he looked like he belonged out there. Last year, I don't think Charlie Warner was all that good. And he didn't really look like he fit on the field. But... This preseason, Charlie Warner's look good, so we kept three tight ends. Kittle, Dwelly, Warner. We ended up releasing Jordan Matthews. We did re-sign him to the practice squad. Uh, we also released Michael Pruitt. I think he just didn't show enough in the short amount of time that he had. He had that calf injury, so he wasn't able to play the first, wasn't able to practice, wasn't able to play the first game, and then just didn't really show enough. And then the Titans ended up picking him up. So, there you go. Three tight ends. Usually we keep four, but as we'll get to with this next group, I think there's a reason why we only decided to go with three tight ends. And that is due to our six wide receivers. I was a little bit surprised by this, and I think it also shows a philosophy change. So, wide receivers. Obviously, Brandon Ayuk. Obviously, Debo Samuel. Trent Sherfield has looked really good throughout preseason and all the reports out of camp have been good. Mohamed Sanu, he's that veteran, that big slot guy. We also kept Jalen Hurd and Juwan Jennings. Apparently, they just wanted to see Jalen Hurd actually get out there and be healthy afterwards. So they decided to take a swing on Jalen Hurd and... I think that the most interesting thing about this is just how big and physical this wide receiver room is. I mean, Trent Sherfield, he's like 6'1", 6'2", 210 pounds. Mohamed Sanu, 6'2", 210 pounds. Jalen Hurd, 6'4", 220. Juwan Jennings, 6'3", 210, 215. 
I mean, the smallest guys are Ayuk and Debo, and they're both just under six foot at 205 to 215. I mean, Debo walks around in the offseason at like 230, 5'11", and Ayuk is basically six foot 205. So very big, physical, just like bullies. And I think that what we're going to have is obviously Ayuk and Debo are one and two. Sherfield, I think, is your obvious number three, and he's going to spell those two. He'll play outside and in the slot. He does have the speed to play on the outside, which is good. He ran, I think, a 4-4-5 coming out of college, so sub-4-5 guy. Mohamed Sanu, he's going to play that veteran uh, slot, and he's probably going to be really good in the red zone because... He knows how to get open, especially versus zone coverages. And just like he did with his receiving touchdown a week ago versus the Chargers, where he just like set in there and the, he, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it basically he ran a quick in route and he just got right between two defenders and an open zone in the end zone. And he was just wide open there for a touchdown. So I think Sanu is just going to kind of be that underneath coverage guy that just gets open versus underneath coverage and makes those contested catches. Jalen Hurd, he he didn't really impress me with his preseason showing, but he was out there and he did play, and that's ultimately what we want to see. He's been hurt for two seasons. I just, I really hope that Juwan, or sorry, that Jalen Hurd works out because he is he could be special if he's the player that they believe him to be. He's six foot four. He used to play running back at six four, two forty, and he's got special movement skills. He can break tackles. He doesn't have take the top off speed, but he's fast enough. I think he's a mid four five guy. And you yeah, add on top of that just the mentality and physicality that he plays with he plays like a running back and he wants to fight you and he will run through you and uh it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they use him and then Jawan jennings you've got another big strong hands power slot guy that can again go over the middle, get those contested catches, and break tackles. Pretty much every single one of these outside of Sherfield is a tackle breaker. So big physical wide receiver group. This might also be why they only went with three tight ends is because they were like, hey, we got Sanu, Hurd, and Jennings, and they're all like 6'2 to 6'4, 220 pounds. So they're basically like a small tight end there and i'm sure they're gonna be they are willing blockers so that's definitely another thing is you get those three guys just throwing out power blocks against safeties and nickel corners it's gonna open up some run lanes and jalen Hurd. so he had six targets he had four catches he did have two drops he didn't look incredible but it wasn't bad um i'm not really sure Again, I just really hope it works out for her because they decide to keep him. They think he's a guy. And one of the things that there has been a lot of talk about is special teams. 
who's going to be the returners? You know, since we didn't keep a Simba Webster or a Travis Benjamin, who's going to be doing return duties, special team stuff? Because, you know, Jalen Hurd isn't returning. Juwan Jennings isn't doing returns. Sanu is probably not doing returns. Sherfield's good on special teams, but he's more of a gunner. So they ended up releasing Travis Benjamin. He is on the practice squad. Uh, they also brought River Craycraft back on the practice squad. And Simba Webster, unfortunately, got claimed by, I believe it was the Bears. So they wanted to bring him back. But unfortunately, it sounds like the Bears ended up claiming him through waivers. All right, let's finish up with the offensive line. We kept eight. So eight, not nine or ten. Offensive line. So, Trent Williams, left tackle, Lakin Tomlinson, left guard, Alex Mack, center, Brunskill, the current starting right guard, Mike McGlinchey, right tackle. You've got Jalen Moore, the fifth-round rookie, who seems like he's going to be the swing tackle. He played pretty solid at left tackle throughout the preseason. Aaron Banks, our second-rounder. He should be back from his minor shoulder injury. And I really hope that he's able to develop enough to earn that starting job. There's a reason why they drafted him at 48 overall, is that he should be a plug-and-play guard. So I really hope that he can earn that spot soon. And the last one, which this one kind of caught me off guard, they kept Tom Compton. And Tom Compton is not good. So... They said that they kept him because he has some versatility. He can play guard. He can play tackle. I think it might also be just because he's a veteran and the Shanahan loyalty program. You know, Shanahan is extremely loyal to his guys. And they also said that Tom Compton has a higher floor than some of the other guys that they let go. So Tom Compton's not good. I personally thought that, you know, McKivitz or... Brendel or Shepley would have been better to keep than Compton. I really thought McKivitz was going to make it as a guard, but apparently not. So Sean Coleman ended up going on IR, which is kind of funny because it's like three years in a row. They ended up releasing Jake Brenya, Jake Brendel and Senyo Kalamete. Uh, Jake Brendel, or wait, no, not, not Brendel. Uh, let's see here. So they also waived Alfredo Gutierrez. Kafusi, McKivitz, Shepley. Shepley ended up getting claimed by the Seahawks. And let's see here. So McKivitz and Kelamete, they both went to the practice squad. Brendel was actually brought up and back into here. So we now actually have nine because of a couple people that made the initial team but then went on short-term injured reserve. Jake Brendel is now in. So we now technically have nine offensive linemen uh, just, you know, because of those little roster moves that they do. So there you go. Eight slash nine offensive linemen. Jake Brendel is your ninth offensive lineman for now. Apparently they do still like McKivitz and they want to continue to develop him on the practice squad. They just don't think that he's good enough to be on there now. We'll see what changes. All right. Cool. Defensive line. So this is where it gets kind of crazy. We kept a whole lot of defensive linemen. So our starting, quote unquote, starting four, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, Javon Kenlaw, DJ Jones, 
D Ford is our fifth. He comes in with nickel packages when Armstead kicks inside. You've also got Arden Key, our edge player. We've also got Samson Ibukam, who is also an edge player. And then a defensive tackle. We ended up keeping Givens, Street, Hurst, and Care. All those guys. So we ended up releasing Eddie Yarbrough, uh, Alex Barrett, and Darian Daniels. They both cleared through waivers. They're on the practice squad. Jordan Willis is suspended for the first six games. So we have a crazy deep defensive line. You figure your defensive ends, you've got Bosa, Ford, Ibukam, and Key. And then when Willis comes back, you've got five quality defensive ends you can rotate out. And then you've also got Armstead, Kinlaw, DJ Jones, Kevin Givens, Contavious Street, Maurice Hurst, Zach Kerr. I mean, we kept 11 defensive linemen, and that's not even counting Jordan Willis because he's suspended for the first six games. And I guarantee you they will bring him back because week eight, he's going to have some fresh legs and he's going to be ready to go. And this defensive line is going to be vicious. So very exciting. Next up is... And Here's something interesting is that they said that they received multiple calls for defensive linemen, but they were like, no, we're not. We're keeping all of our guys and we're not going to get rid of our strength because they really believe that this defensive line is a strength. Linebackers, obviously Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shair. He had that minor injury, but it sounds like he should be back and good to go. We also kept Demetrius Flanagan Fowles and Marcel Harris as our other two linebackers. Marcel Harris, you know, converted safety. So here's something kind of interesting is that almost every single one of our linebackers, except for Al Shire, is a former safety. Fred Warner played safety. Greenlaw was a safety. Flanagan Fowles was a safety. Harris played safety. So you can definitely see how the Niners are moving into this smaller, almost strong safety linebacker hybrid role to have cover linebackers and then they're coaching them up we ended up waving justin hilliard unfortunately he ended up getting picked up by the giants through waiver claims uh, we also had elijah sullivan who played very well i think he ended up actually getting a 90 plus pff grade for the preseason which is incredibly good uh, Elijah Sullivan, he went to the practice squad, so good to have him around. And the Niners did end up trading Jonas Griffith to the Broncos. So they took an undrafted guy and they turned him into a sixth round pick, essentially. They traded him and a seventh, I think, for a six and a seven. So that's pretty cool. You know, the fact that they were able to find an undrafted guy develop him enough that they could then trade him for a sixth round pick next year so yeah good stuff and Jonas Griffith was awesome I really hope he does well with the Broncos he he's he's got legit potential and talent so I'm excited to see what happens with him in the future overall linebacking core looks good I have zero problems with it Fred Warner's never missed a game he's incredible Dre Greenlaw pretty darn good also 
Uh, DFF, haven't seen a whole lot of him, but hear good things about him. Great special teams guy. Marcel Harris, he's flexible. You know, he can play linebacker. He can also play strong safety because that's where he started. You just don't want him playing deep safety, but at linebacker, he's solid. Um, unfortunately, has a couple too many missed tackles, but I feel good about the linebacking group. Corners. So our cornerback group, we ended up keeping six, which was one more than I expected. So Jason Verrett, obviously. Verrett's awesome. Hope he stays healthy. You know, knock on wood, because when he's healthy, he's all like Pro Bowl talent. Emmanuel Mosley, he's our other outside guy. He's our number two. We got Kawan Williams in the slot. Uh, Diamador Lenore, Demo. It seems like he is going to be our number four corner. He has played extremely well throughout the preseason, showed out another fifth round pick that is just a diamond somehow. I don't know what it is, but we should just trade any late round pick for fifth rounders because fourth, fifths, sixths, sevenths, like the fifths, we seem to do amazing with them. So just give me a fifth for everything. That's where we get like, if that's where we're getting Kittles and Demos and, you know, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so Diamondor Lenore, we did end up keeping Ambry Thomas. They spent a late third on him, so they're not going to give up on him. He didn't play very well this preseason, but I am of the belief that Ambry Thomas just needs a year to develop. I think he is going to be a lot better next year. I think he's made of the right stuff. He just needs to work on a couple things, build some strength. And I think he can be a legit corner. So we'll see how he looks next year, how he develops this year. I don't want him out there right now at all. Just he gave up a touchdown. It was just a pathetic tackle or attempted tackle. Uh, just just totally whiffed it. And Ambry needs to work on some things. But I think that if, if he has a year to develop, he'll be pretty, he'll be, he still has potential to be really good. And Demo has just been awesome for a fifth rounder also Devonte harris he was that guy that we picked up off of waivers from the ravens don't really know a whole lot about him uh what i do know he was drafted in 2018 by the broncos and then last year he spent some time with the ravens so he has learned from vic fangio he's also spent time with the ravens in that kind of man heavy blitz hybrid type of defense and what i do know you know he's like a three-year vet at this point so he's got some experience uh what was i gonna say so eric crocker was mentioning on the locked on 49ers podcast i was listening to he's talking about he didn't watch very much but what he did see is he really liked how much how good Devonte Harris was at communicating on the field. And I think that that's probably why they decided to bring someone like him in and keep him is because if you're going to have two rookies learning a new system and you've got a new defensive coordinator, it makes sense to have a veteran in there who's willing to communicate on the field, who understands their assignments because they can be a coach on the field and a coach inside the, uh, inside the room. So I think that's why they ended up keeping Devontae Ter- uh, Harris. Uh, they did actually end up placing him on a short-term IR, like a hamstring strain or something, so something short. So they ended up releasing Dante Johnson, then they ended up re-signing him, so go figure. 
Dante Johnson somehow always manages to make it onto the team. He wasn't on the initial 53, but as of today, he is. They also ended up waving Alex Myers. And I don't know if they're putting Myers on the practice squad. I believe they want to. So we will see. Uh, I do really hope that they get some practice squad cornerback depth because they really need to develop some corners. Moving to safeties, we ended up keeping four safeties. Jimmy Ward, Jaquiski Tart, he seems to be healthy now. Talano Hofunga, who has been awesome. He is a heat-seeking missile out there. He, again, isn't the most athletic guy, but just the way he's able to get pursuit angles, tackle guys, nonstop high motor, and you can tell that he knows what he's doing out there. He might not be an elite athlete from safety standards, but he plays the game at such a high level that he seems to just constantly be making plays. Whether that's on the field, he played strong safety, he played free safety, he played special teams. Every time he was on the field, he was flying around, making stops. He's a big hitter, and he's a fan favorite. He's been awesome. Everyone loves him. Again, another fifth rounder, and it's like, how do we keep finding these awesome fifth rounders? And the final safety that we kept was Tavon Wilson. So we released Ha Ha Clinton Dix, Jared Maiden. Kai Nakua. So the one that I was a little bit bummed out about is Jared Maiden. I think I'm higher on Jared Maiden than a lot of other people. Uh, he's a second year player out of Alabama, but I think, I don't know if Jared Maiden is the fourth best safety, but I do think, and he did end up going to the practice squad, which is a good thing, but I do think Jared Maiden could play a very valuable role in this offense, or sorry, in this defense. What's so funny? What's so funny? What? You being silly, kitty. All right, and we are back. So, yeah, gotta love having a cat and a girlfriend who's trying to be quiet and then can't when the cat's acting crazy. So, what was I saying? Oh yeah, safeties. <laughs> so, I was bummed out that Jared Maiden got cut because I think that what Jared Maiden is really, what Jared Maiden could be is a primary free safety and hybrid safety. I think that we have a lot of strong safety types on our team, but we don't have a lot of free safeties in case there is an injury to Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward is a really, really good free safety and just a really good all-around safety. Tart, extremely good strong safety. Okay free safety, but he also constantly gets injured. Talano Hafunga, I think he's much better as a strong safety. Tavon Wilson, he's been in the NFL for about eight years, and I don't really want him playing free safety. We ended up releasing Ha Ha Clinton Dix, and I know that Lynch came out today and said that they are discussing with him still the possibility of coming on to the practice squad. So that could be an option. And he could definitely play that free safety. But in general, I would, I, I'm glad that we kept Jared Maiden, excuse me, on the practice squad. Because I think we definitely need some free safety insurance. Uh, especially because they played a lot of single high. 
And if they're going to be playing a lot of single high, you got to have someone who's got the speed to cover sideline to sideline in the backfield, you know, between the numbers. So they need someone with that range. Jimmy Ward definitely has it. I don't think Hafunga has the range to play NFL free safety. I definitely think he can play strong safety. But I don't want Hafunga being up there in a single high versus top-level NFL defenders. So uh, those are the safeties. And then, of course, specialist Robbie Gold, Mitch Wisnowski, Tabor Peppers. So you got your punter, your kicker, and your long snapper. I will say, shout out to Mitch Wisnowski, Bitch and Mitch, as I don't remember who said that, but I love it. Bitch and Mitch made a return and had some killer punts on Sunday. I think one of them was like 76 yards. He had another one that was like 60 yards. I mean, if Bitch and Mitch could just continue to show up, that'd be awesome. But Overall, you look at the team the way it's constructed, and I think it gives you an idea about what we're going to do. We are going to run the ball down your face constantly. We have power. We have a very good offensive line. We've got different kinds of running attacks. We've got a really good tight end, best in the NFL. We've got a really good fullback, best in the NFL. We've got a couple other pretty solid run-blocking tight ends. A whole backfield of running backs, we're going to run it through your face. And we've got big, physical, strong wide receivers who can break tackles. And we're just going to bully people. So Shanahan's basically said, hey, we're going to have huge, physical, crush-your-face offense. And at the same time, we do have enough speed with Ayuk, Debo, and Sherfield that we can take the top off. Those are all sub four or five guys. So we have enough speed to stretch it. And we've got that power underneath and an insane run game. And of course, Shanahan is an ins- a really, really good coordinator. And on the defense, what that does is we get a lead, we keep our defensive line fresh. And we are going to send waves and waves and waves of really, really good defensive linemen at you. Obviously, our starting front four, Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, D. Ford, like those starting four, that's almost as good as what we had in 2019. You know, you swap out Kinlaw for Buckner, that's basically what we have. Obviously, Kinlaw is not as good as Buckner. We hope that he can develop into that, but he's not that. But then you look at the reserves, and it's like, cool, now we're going to swap that out. And we've got Jordan Willis, Arden Key, and Samson Ibukam coming off of the edges. And then we've got Kevin Givens, Contavia Street, Maurice Hurst, and Zach Kerr coming in the middle. Like... That is a vicious defensive line rotation. And you can see why they kept all of them, because those are really, really good. Uh, On linebackers, we've got some good linebackers, and we've got a good enough defensive backfield that as long as we don't let people go over the top, we're going to have a really good defense. So overall, I'm very excited with the team, uh, what they ended up choosing. I would say the weird things, again, choosing Tom, Tom Compton over... You know, McKivitz, Hasty over Gallman, Heard making the team, Devontae Harris, 
three tight ends, um, physical wide receiver group. And I guess the only other interesting thing was special teams. So we ended up releasing Simba Webster. I mentioned he got picked up. We do have Travis Benjamin on the practice squad. He might be returning some kicks or punts. But right now we don't really have a designated returner. Shanahan said that he believes that the returner is on the team right now. If I were to guess, I think that the returners are probably going to be Ambry Thomas, because Ambry Thomas has straight line speed, he's got a little bit of wiggle, and he did return some kicks. So Ambry Thomas, I think, might be the kick returner. And we might have Elijah Mitchell as the punt returner. Or maybe it's Brandon Ayuk. I don't know. But maybe they decide that they want to put Brandon Ayuk out there on punt return duty. I would much rather have him at punt returns versus kick returns because kick returns, you're going to get tackled. Punt returns, half the time you call for a fair catch. And I mean, just to be real, like people don't really get hurt doing like kick and punt returns. Like you don't see kick returners and punt returners like constantly getting injured like it happens occasionally but i would definitely argue that Ayuk is more likely to get hurt on offense as a wide receiver than returning a punt and i say that because you think short passes over the middle him constantly getting hit having to break tackles you know you think just like screens and slants and jet sweeps I mean, he's just constantly taking hits from that. So if he's going to do a lot of that yards after contact, trying to break tackle stuff, he's more likely to get hurt as a wide receiver than doing punt returns. But I am curious to see who they're going to have as return duties. Also on special teams, I believe that one of the reasons why Elijah Mitchell made the team as a running back is because of his special teams abilities. It seems like they want him as a gunner, and they might have him doing... Uh, returns as well so if they have him doing returns and as a gunner they'll probably keep him as the emergency back and primary special teamer kind of like how they used to do with Raheem Mostert you know work as a gunner on every punt work as a returner on every kickoff or every punt and then if something goes really crazy and Mostert and Sermon both get hurt then you've still got a third active running back on game day. So some general things. Uh, Practice squad guys. So uh, I did mention that Devontae Harris and defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, they both went on short-term IR. So the way that it works is if you make the 53, you have to make the 53 in order to go on short-term injured reserve. Short-term injured reserve this year, kind of like last year, It's only a three-week minimum designation. Obviously, you can stay on there longer, but it's only three weeks minimum. And any there's an unlimited amount of players that you can bring back from short-term IR. So by keeping Hurst and Devontae Harris on the team and then placing them on short-term IR, they cleared up two additional roster spots for at least three weeks. So that's why they signed Dante Johnson and the center... Uh, Brendel. So that was our ninth defensive lineman, and we swapped out one corner for another. On the practice squad, we've got quarterback Sudfeld, 
tight end, Jordan Matthews, fullback, Josh Hokett, linebacker, Elijah Sullivan. We also ended up signing tight end Tanner Hudson. So Tanner Hudson was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it seems like there just wasn't enough room because Tampa probably has the best tight end room in the NFL. They've got Rob Gronkowski, Cameron Brait, and OJ Howard. So they couldn't keep Tanner Hudson. I haven't heard a whole lot about him. I believe that he is a fourth-year player uh, drafted in 2018. Uh, looked up real quick. It looks like he ran about like a 4-8-40. Uh, solid blocker. He's played really well in what few snaps that he has got just because of the depth on the Tampa Bay tight end room. He hasn't had a whole lot of snaps, but apparently he's been really good in preseasons. So they really liked him. Sounds like that was a difficult cut for them. So more for us. And I'm down with adding another tight end, especially if he's a good blocking tight end. Because again, if one of our tight ends gets hurt, we're going to need someone to come in and block. Jordan Matthews is not a blocking tight end. He's basically just a 235-pound receiver. We also got, again, safety Jared Maiden on the practice squad. Guard, Senyo Kelamete. Cornerback, this is another guy I've never heard of, D-Virgin. So we have D-Virgin <laughs> on the practice squad. Uh, he's a corner. I think he's a third year guy. He was with the Patriots. They released him. We ended up putting him on the practice squad. We did also end up signing uh, defensive end Alex Barrett to the practice squad. I mentioned Calvin Benjamin, or sorry, Travis Benjamin. River Craycraft is also in the practice squad, as is our offensive tackle Kafusi, guard McKivitz, and nose tackle Darian Daniels. Also, offensive tackle Alfredo Gutierrez, although he will not count towards the 16-man practice squad. So as of now, we still have three or four practice spots open, and we will see what happens. Um, yeah, so there we go. That should pretty much keep us all up to date. Um, we have, again, a practice today. There's a practice tomorrow. Trey Lance with that minor hand injury should be good to go by they're hoping that he should be good to go Monday next week in terms of full practice. Again, he was out there today doing, uh, you know, not throwing the ball, but uh, taking mental reps out there. And yeah, after that, we got a week and then we play the Lions. So the Lions, we are going to play them. And that is going to be, I believe, on the 12th. So Sunday the 12th, it's a week and a half from now. And our first game of football is a week from now, next Thursday, the 9th, the first game of the season, Thursday Night Football. I'm excited, and yay for me, we're buying a new TV. So my girlfriend and I, we budgeted it out. We got 500 bucks, and we're going to go pick up a TV sometimes in the next uh, week or so. So we're going to have a brand new 55-inch here on the wall and just in time for football season. So I'm happy about that. She's pretty awesome. She lets me podcast and buy TVs and stuff. So that being said, I'm going to head out for the night. I need to go spend a little time with her anyways. If you have any questions, I'm always available on Twitter. Like, subscribe, comment, all that kind of stuff. And other than that, just have a great night. Get excited. Football's here. We got a game in a week. I'll catch you next time.